0: So, in the end of this week's parasha, there's a, um, a a string of really interesting discussions. First of all, in um, chapter 15, verse 30, there's this isolated instruction about someone who does idolatry. They get cut off from their people. The very next section talks about this individual, um, according to the Talmud, it's actually Tzlafchad. We'll meet him later on in, in, in Numbers. Uh, he is gathering twigs on Shabbos. And he gets executed by stoning. And then at the end of the parsha is the third session of the Shema that talks about tzitzis and that we read uh, twice a day. Commandment to have tzitzis, to remember all the mitzvot, not to have to your heart and eyes, and to remember the exodus. And that's the conclusion of the parsha. What's really interesting here is that scattered throughout the Talmud, there's a list of seven mitzvot that are equal to all the other mitzvot combined. And here at the end of the parsha. We get three of them. And actually Rashi brings it down. Uh, these three mitzvahs, the mitzvah of rejecting idolatry and the mitzvah of Shabbos and the mitzvah of Tzitzis are three of these seven core mitzvahs that are emblematic of mitzvahs at large. And the idea behind that, and my grandfather actually, a blessed memory, he actually wrote a book. Um, what is actually his favorite book of the many, many books that he wrote. His favorite one was the one that he titled "HaMitzvos Hashtulos," the mitzvos that are equal, and it's these two amazing essays where he builds these spiritual models of what life as a Jew is and what the objective of mitzvos are based upon these seven mitzvos. And at the end of this week's partial, we have three of them, and I think broadly the the idea behind it, uh, generally, we know mitzvos are there to perfect man, and that's why, and we've mentioned this in previous talks. You look at the structure of the mitzvot, and all the sources point out that the structure of the mitzvot actually mirror the structure of man. There's 248 positive mitzvot, and that corresponds to the 248 200, limbs of man. Remember, Abraham, the numerical value of Abraham is 248. And the Talmud tells us that Abraham initially was 243, missing the hay, missing the five letters. And you might said, oh, you okay, know, what to add five, you'll be perfect. And the 365 negative commandments, they correspond to the sinews of man. And that, of course, shows the image, the picture of what mitzvot are, but perhaps we can say, my grandfather, in his introduction to this book, he writes that these seven mitzvos correspond to seven modules of man, seven aspects of man, if you want to kind of make build, break down a human into seven parts, there's one mitzvah that is uh, pers- the personification of of how Torah perfects a person in that given module, in that given section. So for example, what are these seven mitzvahs? Let's quickly run through them here. Uh, and we're going to, of course, we're going to focus on tzitzis, uh more specifically. But just to put Sitsis in perspective and the bigger picture of what it really is and the importance of this mitzvah, uh, let, let, let's just look at these seven mitzvahs in general. So the first one is rejection and idolatry, like we said. Uh, it's brought down here in the Safri. Uh, tzitzis, Rashi brings it down in our chapter in verse 41. Tzitzis is equal to all the mitzvos. And actually, the source for Shabbos being equal to all the mitzvos is the juxtaposition of the story of the Makoshish, of the gather of twigs, to the uh, preceding and successive ones. Uh, finally, you have Torah, study of Torah. That's the fourth one. You have circumcision. Brismila is the fifth. Tzedakah, charity is the sixth. And lastly, living in israel and of course the obvious question is if the, we're looking for a mitzvah that's equal to all the mitzvahs to the objective of all of Torah it should be one it should be not be seven but the way my grandfather deals with this is by breaking down man into seven different parts so for example you have time and space we live in a limited scope we have to, we are in a venue in a location and we're in uh, a time you know you it's hard for us today Uh, It's impossible for us today to live in the 17th century or in the future, right? It's not its not a possibility because one of the fixed laws of man is that we're limited to time and space. Well, there's mitzvahs that correspond to that. There's a space mitzvah, which is living in Israel, and that's oriented around that part of man. There's a time mitzvah, which is Shabbos, oriented around that part of man. And we know man is body, is physicality, and is intellect. So there's a mitzvah that's there to perfect the body and that is of course the circumcision the body is imperfect and it's made perfect and that is captured by that mitzvah the mind is full of all kinds of nonsense and the mind the intellect is purified by torah torah is about purification of the mind there's character and uh famously uh rav desler rabbi desler writes that all good character is captured in the characteristic of giving An old bad character is about taking. So any any mida, any characteristic you want to look at, it's all rooted in giving or taking. And of course, giving is charity and and kindness. And then there's two cognitive ones. Uh, Humans have a capacity to make evaluations to determine what's important, what's not important. Everyone has the things that, well, this is important to me. Maybe it's not important to someone else. That's a human capacity. To choose each one of us, the way my grandfather uh, depicts it, is that everyone has this uh, ladder, this totem pole of what is important in ascending and descending order. And then there's the recall, the memory. And when we abstain from idolatry, what we're essentially saying is that only God is the top our priority list. When we give charity, we're showing that we want to be givers. And when we have tzitzis, as the verse tells us, you see the tzitzis and you remember all the commandments of Hashem. So the verse clearly says how tzitzis really is linked to all the mitzvos. And from there, my grandfather begins his book, and it's highly advisable for someone who wants to read. I, I want to glean some insights. Some of the ideas of, of brought down in the very source, and we'll go through them one by one. Just these ideas of, of, of the scope of tzitzis, of how tzitzis really is emblematic of all of Torah. So just start simply with Rashi. Rashi famously tells us that the gematria of tzitzis Atzadaka and Yud and a Yud is 100 plus 100 plus the tough is the 400. So the gematria of Tzitzis is 600. And you add 5 knots and 8 strings, because every Tzitzis has 5 knots and 8 strings, you equal 613. That's what Rashi says. And of course the Ramban, he argues in it because you have to look at how it's spelled in the Torah. Uh, in the Torah, some letters, some vowels are in the form of letters, and here it's not in the form of letters. So it's actually spelled, if you re- read the way it's spelled, it's actually only equals to 590, not 600. So he has a different approach. And he invokes the Talmud, brought down in several places, once in Menachos and once at the end of the first chapter of Sotah, on page 17a, where the Talmud tells us that there's this one string of tzitzis, the tcheles, the blue string, turquoise string, why, why do we wear blue? Why blue of all colors? It maybe it could have been a different color. Maybe it could have been red or green or, or whatever. What's the meaning behind putting a blue string on the tzitzis? Says the Talmud. Why treles? Treiles yam. is similar to the sea. Yam domele Rakia. The yam, the sea is similar to the heavens. And rakia on the heavens is similar to the kiseh to the throne of God. So what does this mean? It's a great mystery. So you read it simply, and of course it's impossible to read such a thing simply. It's like, well, the color of of this blue is the shade of blue and it gets deeper, deeper colors. And somehow you're supposed to look at this. Uh, who does this? Who looks at a color and says, this color is actually similar to this thing, and this thing is similar to that thing, and that thing is similar to that thing. And, that thing that thing, and that's, by extension, the lesson you're supposed to take with you when you study or when you see tzitzes. It seems like it's it's really asking a lot of people just randomly when they see to start thinking about God because they'll remember the sea and they'll remember the heavens and they'll remember the uh, the, the throne of God. I, I saw I saw at on over here, he goes on really at length to try to show how this Talmud is really giving us an entire picture of what life as a Jew is. What does it mean to be a Jew, try to get closer to Hashem, to get closer to Hashem. And th- indeed, what's the objective of Mitzvah is to get closer to Hashem and to purify itself, which is one of the same. So when he says like this, he says there's a certain characteristic of the sea uh, that is fixed. And there's other sources for this as well. The fact that we give great accolades and lauding and plaudits to the sea that it stays there, it doesn't overwhelm and swamp the world. And similarly, he says that we have to develop a certain fear of God to not deviate from mitzvot even a smidgen. And the way he describes this, this sounds very Kabbalistic to me, but the way he describes it is that this is fear of God. Fear of God is just you're so committed to your uh, to, to, to your mission that you don't deviate at all from it. And that's one thing. But that's not enough. And he tells us that the sky, and he sources for this, the heavens, they do God's bidding joyously. And therefore, we have to start with the yam, with the fear of God. We have to move to the heavens, which is love of God, and do mitzvahs as a result. And what's the result of those two? This beautiful marriage of the twin pillars of Torah, fear of God, and love of God? The throne of God. The result of a person who does Torah and does it properly is that they will have the fear of God and love of God through the mitzvos. and where is the final resting spot of such a person under the throne of God to have the eternal resting 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 spot that we're all hoping to have in Olam close to God and that's tzitzis so tzitzis just with this telus it it encapsulates everything because it creates an image for us a, a synopsis a condensed version of what all of torah is is to get love of god is to get fear of god and ultimately result that should yield in the throne of god that's what he says and, and interesting another kind of angle to this question of the primacy of tzitzis in 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 being a representative and being a personification uh and and an emblem a symbol of all of torah i want to read to you the Baha turim on, on this week's parsha so first of all, Bartun points out that tzitzis, we know, is placed upon the four corners of the garment. The idea behind the four corners is that every place you turn, you'll see a, rem- a reminder. You look one way, you look north, south, east, west, right, left, up, down, you'll see a reminder of the Almighty. And it also has five knots. And the idea behind the five knots is to remember the five books of the Torah. And there's eight streams. Says the Balaturim, the eight streams are to tell you that through the mitzvah of tzitzis, a person can withhold from doing, from from utilizing the eight limbs that make a person likely to sin. The ears, the eyes, the mouth, the nose, the hands, the feet, the genitalia, and the heart. And, continues the Balaturim, If a person guards himself from sin, he is able to be uplifted above the eight skies, the eight rachius, the eight heavens. So there's eight skies, and someone who's able to take the lesson of tzitzis is able to go above all of them. And conversely, if someone tragically transgresses sins, he will be judged with eight judgments What's that? So first of all, the Chibor Kever. it's the beating of the grave, and that's the sources talk about when someone is a sinner, angels come and they whip him in his grave, and there's seven realms of Gehenom as well. So seven plus one equals eight. It's amazing just how the Balaturim here is able to capture so much of of a picture of what Jewish life is just from the... Uh, symbolism of the tzitzis, every every direction, and there's five knots, five five bunches of Torah, and there's eight reasons why we would sin, and if we are successful, we go up eight levels, and unfortunately, if we're not successful, we go we drop down eight levels. Really, uh, again, another different angle to this question. Uh, the Talmud in Menachos, Talmud tells us it's a whole it's a whole a bunch of um, a whole a whole, a whole study a whole section that talks about tzitzis. And the Talmud has this line that says, Rabbi Meir says, if someone, let's say we know that it's this, there's white strings and there's blue strings, and the white strings are cheap, made of cotton or wool or whatever, it's not so expensive. However, the treles, you gotta take an animal, the chilazon, you gotta catch it, it's really hard to catch, you gotta find it, you gotta get its blood and dip it in, it's really expensive. Says, Rabbi Meir, if someone does not get the white strings, they get punished worse than if they don't get the, the blue strings. Why? He gives an example. And this example opens up a window of a new understanding of tzitzis. Imagine you have a king who has two servants. One of them, he tells him, I want you to go get me a, a basket full of cement, tar, of plaster. And he tells the other one, give me a basket full of gold. And neither of them shows up. Neither, neither of them is able to deliver the goods. Of course, it's much harder to get the gold than it is to get the cement, and therefore, the person who had the easier job, they uh, they have a more harsh penalty. That's what the Gemara says. But what the commentaries do with this Gemara, in 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 the explanation of, of of using this 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 model of tzitzis. Uh, as uh, an instruction given to by a master to a slave to mean that etzitzis is the clothing of a slave of God. We know, and I've spoken about this a little bit, and I have not spoken about this, but um, on, on um, well, first I'll say what I spoke about, then I'll say what I didn't speak about. Uh, we know that life essentially is a conflict. And you look at, let's say, Rosh Hashanah Davening, it's about the Melech Elyon and Melech Evyon. You have the lofty king and the lowly king. Right? We, we're, we're a slave torn between two masters. We have God on one hand and we have the Eitzera. The Talmud calls the Eitzera the foreign god, the Elzar. It's an imposter. It's trying to act like God and trying to make you accept upon him like you should accept God. And it's a fraud. He's a charlatan. But we begin life and we're slaves to him. And the objective of Torah and mitzvot is to make us slaves of God. To free ourselves and unshackle ourselves from the slavery and the servitude that we have to the Yetzirah and to transfer that, that uh, allegiance that we have to him and that submission that we have to him and that the fact that we're subjected to him, transfer that to God. Thus, essentially, the imagery of tzitzis is what it is we're striving to get. We're striving through Torah and mitzvos to unbind ourselves from one master and recommit ourselves to become slaves of God. Shavuos, Talmud tells us that when the Jewish people at Sinai said, we will do and we will listen. So they preceded, we will do to we will listen. They basically said to God, we don't care what's in it, we trust you we're not going to vet the content of Torah before we pledge to fulfill it. Says the Talmud in the book of Shabbos, at the time, the mighty sent 600,000 angels, each one of them bearing two crowns and tied two crowns on the heads of each one of the Jews, one for Naseh and one for Nishma. Now a crown, what's a crown? A crown is what a king wears. Well, what did they say? They said, not seven Ishma, we will do and we will listen." They sound not like a king. Sorry, not like a king, like a slave. They sound exactly like a slave. A slave is someone who does not have free choice. So it seems odd that we're giving a slave a crown. But the answer is is that regardless, we are slaves. The only question is to whom. Normally, we're slaves to the Eitzarot, to the evil inclination. If we become total slaves of God, it means we're masters over the Yetzirah. And therefore, indeed, we are always a slave. The question is to whom? But to the degree that we're slaves to the Yetzirah, if we're 50% slaves to the Yetzirah, then we're 50% slaves to him and slave, not slaves to God. Once we become total slaves to God, we become masters over the Yetzirah. And therefore, become worthy of, of wearing crowns. And that's indeed the objective of Torah. The objective of Torah is to pivot us on this path from one slavery, slave to the enslaved, around to become slaves of God. How is that captured? With the garments of a slave of Hashem, the garment of tzitzis. I want to read to you here another, just another idea. So that was really a third idea. Pretty powerful stuff that we have here by all the commentaries. I want to read to you what the Talmud says. It's actually a midrash by Midbarabo. So the verse says like this, do not deviate after your heart and after your eyes, says the Midrash, and it's brought in the end of this parasha, in the very last thing in this parasha, uh, actually 17, if you're interested. The heart and the eyes are facilitators of sin for the body. They deviate the body. Continues the Midrash, kruvay, sisemis, so that you'll remember and do all the mitzvahs of God. And it gives us a fascinating analogy. Marshall It's an analogy. Someone, a sailor, is overboard and he's in the raging sea and he's going to drown. The captain throws the lifeline. V'ammerlo and Tfos tvos chevelzebiotcha, seize this rope in your hands, v'altani chehu, and don't let go for a second, shemtani tanichehu, because if you let go, ein lecha chayim, you don't have any life, you'll be dead. So too, that's the example. What's the lesson? Afka, afkah, so too, ammerloch hai shbrach li to Israel, kolos macha atim middubakim be mitzvos, so long as you cling and cleave to mitzvos, you are clinging to Hashem, your God. Chayim you'll have life. And quotes other verses. and the verse at the end says there, when you do the mitzvos, you become holy, and the Gentiles fear you. However, if you uh, if you uh, deviate from the mitzvos, you become mundane, you become defiled. Pretty. Powerful idea here. In life, like we said, we have attention. We have a body and soul. We have mitzvot and uh, and sins, and we're caught up in the tension. By default, we start off, we're thrown into the water. We're thrown into the raging sea of temptation and Yetzirah. But the Almighty throws us a lifeline, a rope, as captured by our tzitzes. The tzitzes are rope-like manifestations of mitzvot, all the mitzvot. And the says, "I'm the one who put you there. You want to come close, me? now you're distant from me. Hold on to the mitzvos, hold on to the rope, hold on to the tzitzis, and don't let go. Importantly, it doesn't say pull yourself up. It says I will pull you up, and you'll be next to me. You want to get close to God? You do mitzvos. What What do you need to do?" What do you need to do? Just hold to the mitzvahs and don't let go and let God worry about all the other things. A lot of times people say, wait, if I do mitzvahs, how is that going to possibly bring me to be close to God? This is, this is your source. It doesn't say pull yourself up. Think of ways to pull yourself up. It just says cleave to mitzvahs and don't let go of them under any circumstances. And the Almighty will pull you up. I want to look at some more sources here because there's amazing, amazing sources, deep ideas, very powerful ideas here. So first of all, the Talmud very terrifyingly says um, in Shabbos on page 32b, Bavon nidarim bonim mesim. Why do sons die? Young people die? Due to the sin of a nidarem of vows. People make a vow and don't keep it. it. It could possibly result in their son dying. But the Talmud goes on and reads other pains. It no, it's not this, it's this. Other sins cause that. One opinion of the Talmud is that someone dies as a result of the sin of not wearing tzitzis. Why? I found some really fascinating stuff in this. Just from the Ben of the Ben Yoyada, one of the great sources of uh, of commentary on the uh, Agarato. You know what he says? Listen to this. I thought this was fascinating. Tzitzis, after all, is eight strings and five knots. That's a total of 13. Gematria echad. But you have four of them. So what's 13? Times four, it's 52. 52 is gematria ben beznon. If you don't have the 52, you don't have the ben. What a steery, terrifying notion. I want to read you another Talmud here for the book of Menachos. I'll read it to you twice because the first time it's just a, an amazing story and the second time we can kind of look a little bit beyond it and again see how the importance of titsis is. The Talmud starts off by saying any easy mitzvah that says in the Torah it has reward in Olama Hazeh and in Olam Ba. How do we know that? From Titsis. And it gives a story. There was one person he was fastidious about the mitzvah of But he had – he sinned. And once he heard that there is a harlot who lives far away in the islands, really expensive. She charges 400 gold coins for her fare. So he sent over 400 coins and they arranged the time he gets there. And uh, it describes it. He goes in there and she's laying down on seven beds, seven layers, seven uh, – I guess it would be seven thin beds. Six of them are made of gold. Uh, sorry. Six of, them, six of them are made out of silver and one of them is made of gold. And every one of them has a, a silver ladder leaning from one to the other one. Uh, so she climbs on top. She's not dressed very tsunistically, and that sits and him in his face. And he slips and he goes down to the ground, and she also falls on the ground. And they have this whole conversation back and forth. And he decides to repent. And she indeed decides to repent as well. And, and so eventually she becomes a diores She she converts and he becomes, he becomes a Belchuva. So what's the meaning behind this? So first of all, commentators point out is that this is the source that as saves a person from sin. But you look at the benishchai, the ben yoyada again. He what he does over here, he shows that every little part of this story is is developing um, an approach to understanding this. So first of all, she charges four hundred gold coins. So he says the word the number four hundred is the number is the power of the sitra achra, power of the satan. And he he points out that in Genesis, Esau comes to Jacob and he has 400 men with him. The power of Esau is with 400. Now, so what this means is this person is being, he's subsumed, he's immersed in a power of 400. Now, what does he do? Uh, he goes there and she's laying down upon seven layers. He points out, the Talmud says to us in, in the in the Gemara and Sutra on page 52a, that the Yetzirah has seven names because there's seven distinct angles to its power and he was facing all seven. Now, he points out as well that the tzitzis came to save him. Why tzitzis? Well, tzitzis, we know there's four of them. And he quotes the verse in scripture that says that, a, that when the Jewish people are a-okay, ten, I'm sorry, one 100 of them will chase away 10,000 of their enemies, which means that there's a power of kadush the power of holiness of one is 100 to one, is 100 to one. So 100 of us, 100 good guys can chase away 10,000, so the power of each one of them is 100. So each corner invalidated 100 and therefore all four corners blew away the four corners, the four, 400 powers of the evil inclination. The eight streams invalidated the eight forces of impurity, the seven of the eight Sarah plus one of her. And he went and sat in the ground. And she went and sat in the ground. Well, What's the word for ground in Hebrew? Karka. Kar means cold. At the end of that word is a gematria 170, which means pasel, which is the same gematria as pasel, which means idolatry, which refers to the fire of lust, the fire of lust was cooled. What he is essentially telling us is that this Talmud is wrapping into this very vivid story the fact how Tzitzis helps someone reduce the power of the Yetzera that he has. And of course, but, uh, of course, you know, we've said this in the past before, all of Jewish life, all of Torah is really to get someone to defeat their Yetzera. So if the Tzitzis is Effectively able to do that, then indeed we see how tzitzis really is emblematic of all the mitzvahs. I want to end off here with the reward. Because the Talmud says something very fa- two very fascinating themes, and then a story. And with that, we shall conclude. First fascinating thing the Talmud tells us is that if someone is fastidious, if someone is very careful, cautious with the mitzvah tzitzis, he will have 2,800 slaves. And everyone's trying to figure out why. So it points out that there's four corners. And then there's 700, and 700 times four, alternatively four times seven equals 2,800. It's so all the commentaries and there's a lot of kabbalistic ideas, but that sounds pretty cool. Additionally, quite succinctly, Rab Shimon Bar Yochai Omer, this is the Gemara Menachos, Kol is be mitzvah zu whoever is uh, careful is, is, is zealous and uh, on top of the mitzvah of, of tzitzis, zoche umekabel penei is able to merit to see the Shekhinah. There's a famous story with the Vulner going on his deathbed. He died in 1797, one of the great personalities of the 18th century. And the story goes that he was crying and weeping, holding his tzitzis on his deathbed. And the students asked him, what are you doing? And he said, well, for a few kopecks, for a few pennies, for a few shekels, in this world, someone can get a mitzvah, and once you're dead... You lose that opportunity. I wanted, I thought yesterday of a, of a mushel, of a parable to explain this. You know, of course, we see the power of titsus, uh, from the sources, but a, a mitzvah, you know, it's, it's something that's very cheap to get, but the, the benefit that it yields are, are unimaginable. Imagine you had a vending machine, it takes regular quarters, and you could select what you want. And there's one option in the vending machine that for a quarter, you could buy a diamond. A real diamond that's clean, it's got a nice color, and it's a carrot or two. A huge diamond. Isn't that amazing? But there's also other options. You could buy potato chips. You could buy a a cookie. You could buy a chocolate bar. You could buy a thing of M&Ms. And you have a choice. And we'd come to this world, most of us, and we we have corridors, a whole, a whole bunch of investments we can make with our time, with our money, with our mitzvahs, with our with our not mitzvahs, with our with our activities, and we say, Did you me more potato chips? But according to Villardroin, he's looking at his tzitzis, and he realizes it's so cheap, it's so it's almost free, and I can get diamonds. And that's what we have here with titsis. You we put them in the morning, you don't even think about them, you could tuck them in if you don't want it to be it's conspicuous, and you get free mitzvahs every second. And some people say, "Well, it's a little sweaty." Well, it's this. It's like those people who say, "Oh, the, the diamonds are so heavy; I can't carry them." What a schlep! But, uh, of course, that's 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 patently insane to say that diamonds are too heavy. No one would do that because you know it's value. Let us try to learn the value of titzis and all the fringe benefits of tzitzis and this is parsha and realize that it's indeed a core mitzvah that we could do for so 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 cheap and then expensively it's equal to all the torah combined and we saw five different reasons why it's a very very powerful mitzvah and let's take um take some inspiration about this uh, so i hope everyone who's listening is inspired if you don't have tzitzis go buy them it's not expensive you put them on in the morning you tuck them in and you don't lose anything, uh, and it's just it's free diamonds. And uh, at least now we know some of the reasons behind it. And of course, what a better time to get inspired than at the power show that we talk about? It. I thank you all.